Good morning and welcome to HR in 10. At 10. I'm Jason Perry. And I'm Kimberly Bradshaw. And we're here to give you your weekly update on HR issues, um, perhaps with a little bias towards things in the COVID world as well. Yes, but we might touch on something that is non-COVID related a bit later, I think. We, we might. A sign that there's light at the end of the tunnel and there is life after COVID. Hopefully not too many months away. Exactly. Shall we start with the reports that you found that said three quarters of HR people think that the value to the business has been yes. recognised? Yes. And do you know, obviously you and I are slightly biased here. We clearly think HR is a wonderful resource to any organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it does seem to be changing in this crisis. My, my favourite quote was one I think I shared with you in January where uh, an HR director of a FTSE 100 company said, after this crisis, no one better call us pink and fluffy again. Mm. Um, And I I think what's happened, HR has stepped up um, and people have noticed the difference it makes, the contribution it makes. And I think that's been quite striking, hasn't it? I think it has. And, you know, what it says to me also is that there's more of a recognition of the strategic role than HR can play, not just the technical, operational, legal and compliance side. Uh, You know, we've had to really get to grips with some amazing things very quickly uh, with no reference. And, you know, it's been crazy this year for HR. Yeah. And do you know, even for our small role, what we've done on Wednesdays with our COVID conference call with employers, and you look at the level to which people value that, you really see the take up in HR from people who previously didn't quite buy it. So yeah, big change there, I think. And hopefully that will continue as we come out of the crisis. I think so, yes. And talking of the crisis, should we perhaps uh, talk about the statistics on deaths by uh, by job function? Yes. Um, uh, in some ways, it's depressing, but it, it, it's rather interesting to see the kind of makeup. Um, we've all heard reports about um, those on the lowest salaries, for example, are the hardest hit, both in terms of risking losing their jobs, but also their risk of uh, catching the disease um, and perhaps getting very ill or possibly losing their life. It seems mm. to have an effect on what occupation you're in. We can all figure out that those working in healthcare might be at the top of the tree. But there's some interesting or surprising things in there, weren't there? There were, yes. I mean, the one that struck me was the fourth highest risk area for women uh, as regards getting COVID was in um, government admin staff. Oh, yes. Given that they're setting the standards on what we should all be doing, it is rather worrying. Yes. Well, I, I, I think I shared with you a couple of months ago, we actually had somebody come to us for advice who was um, in an audio secretarial role for the NHS and was on the vulnerable list. And her line manager was demanding that she come into work in a hospital setting to do her work. And yeah. it's, uh, we have a scenario where we have ministers, senior government advisors standing in Downing Street offering advice um, but it's not as simple as everybody doing it. We actually, And that's perhaps the contribution HR has to make, isn't it? We need to help people understand the seriousness of that. 
Yes, I think there's another example of that as well. Wasn't there an outbreak of 6% of staff in a DVLA site? Yes. Which, again, uh, you know, one of the things I've been coming across in talking to, to clients and, and employees is that people think they're doing the right thing. They appear to be following the guidelines, but something is going wrong somewhere yes. because the virus is still spreading. Yes. So is it that the virus spreads in a different way or are people not being as careful as they could be? Yeah. I think the thing we have to do is just accept this is a keep reviewing what you're doing, not mm. a, I did a COVID safety audit in April when we had the first mm. lockdown last year and we know we're good. This yes. is a constant review each week, each month, say, is there more I can do? And I remember having a conversation with one of our clients a few months ago who said to me at the time, it's really difficult. We've taken so many steps to make our people safe, um, yet when they go out on a cigarette break, they all go and huddle together under the shelter and everything's mm. lost in one go. And mm. it, it's often looking wider than the what's yeah. straight in front of you. Um, you and I have both talked before about people car sharing on the way to work. We keep <laughs> them separate, but then they get in a car at the end of the day for 20 yeah. minutes with poor ventilation and all the windows closed and breathe over each other. Exactly. Those, It's constant and we need to keep looking at it. Yes, another one I came across was a, a client was talking to me and they decided to, this was before this latest lockdown, uh, they had decided to reduce the times that their cleaner came in. Mm. Now, that was cleaner that was doing a COVID-orientated cleaning yes. regime uh, because they wanted to reduce the number of people going into the office. But, you know, that's kind of counterproductive because if you're not getting the deep clean, people, as they go to the supermarket or yes. do whatever limited things we can do, they might be picking it up and bringing it in with them. So... It's, it's a really difficult time, but again, another time when HR can really yes. leap to the fore. It's, it's the constant risk assessment, isn't it? And I, I think that's the biggest single thing people can do. Um, mm. Don't assume we're safe. December, yeah. particularly for those of us here on the South Coast, was a bit of a wake-up call. And I think a number mm. of us looked harder and more seriously at what we were doing and said, is mm. there more we can do? And that really is what we've got to keep doing. We have the vaccine rollout coming ahead, which is looking good, um, so long as the EU don't interfere in too much of a negative way. But it's, it, it, it's looking good. And it looks like certainly the CEO of AstraZeneca is forecasting we're going to have, I think it's, you know, my brain's just gone blank. Is it 30 million vaccinated by the end of March, I think? Yes, I think, I think it, it is. Was. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I know it's a big number. I'm just trying to remember whether it's it's 13 by the middle of February, but they're predicting 30 million yeah. by the end of March. A huge yeah. portion of the British population. Yeah. So Definitely. there is brightness ahead. And given there's brightness ahead, perhaps we ought to talk about. Um, oh, the tribunal cases. Uh, you know, I was just trying to move it on without actually saying talking about postman relieving themselves in laybys, but no let's go with it let's talk about postmen relieving themselves in laybys. which i think is really exciting at the moment Absolutely. even though they're interesting scenarios which one do you want to start well you've mentioned the post one so should we start with the postman let's, let's start with the postman taking a wee in a layby. why not yeah so as i understand it he was photographed by a passing member of the public in a car 
complained of that. I, yes. I feel a need to make clear it wasn't somebody taking a photograph as they passed by. It was uh, dash cam footage. That's so right. constant recording. Yes. Um, yeah. And some video footage was shared with Royal Mail in the form of a complaint. Clearly, he's there in his postman uniform and his red van or, or whatever. And they've, they've thought this is inappropriate. So somebody's made a, a, a complaint. Yes. And then for whatever reason, they decided to um, get rid of the, the man. Yes, yes. Uh, which presents all sorts of problems because not all the facts and the research have been done, had they? So Yes. Um, won the, the, was it 35000 Something like this, that? W- this one was £37,000 in damages yeah. at a tribunal. Um, yeah. And in essence, it came down to a couple of elements. One of them was... Uh, a very obvious point, if you think about it, the Royal Mail has a large workforce of people who work outdoors away from a regular place of work. Mm. Calls of nature happen. Mm. And the, the, the fact of the matter is many postmen and women have at times needed a call of nature and they haven't mm. all been fired for it. So you've mm. got, first of all, this differential between how this individual was treated and therefore the question of, was he being treated fairly in a manner that other people would have been treated? But secondly, it was suggested that he had, because of some of his involvement in um, health and safety type areas, I think it was health and safety whistleblowing, perhaps a little mm. bit of union involvement, he had a uh, slightly troubled relationship with his line manager. And maybe it was a convenient excuse to get mm-hmm. rid of him rather yeah. than being something that needed to be done because of the lay-by incident. Exactly. Are we going to have time to talk about the Tesco's one? Very, very briefly, I think. But I, th- I think the big lesson there in that one is don't use what look like easy excuses. It is so important, if you're dealing with a disciplinary, to do a thorough and detailed investigation. Absolutely. And fairness yeah. of discrimination isn't necessarily about what the individual has or hasn't done. It's yeah. about whether you've followed due process and you've conducted a yeah. thorough investigation and complied with the law and your company's own procedures in doing it. Exactly. And looking at the timescales of when things happen, because I know the Tesco's one happened three months after the event that was uh, indeed in- Quick. involved. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably one that a lot of us in the HR world would say, oh, that's not a good idea. Absolutely. And by by way of a quick recap for those that don't yet know about it, um, the Tesco case, one of their stores, I think it was in East London, um, which was subject to a lot of um, thefts. There were no security services on site. And the store manager apprehended somebody, took him into his office and physically restrained him when he thought he and customers may be under threat and a bit of video footage emerged from a disgruntled member of staff three months later saying this store manager broke our rules about manhandling customers Um, and that was the reason they dismissed yes but you know again they didn't look at the context do the research and do a thorough investigation and absolutely that individual won damages of yes. what that was 40,000 wasn't that it? was 40,000 again yeah so 37,000 and 40,000 for getting your process wrong it's very very expensive 
Um, exactly. And the reality is, if you're not used to this process, talk to your HR people. If you don't have an HR person, ring somebody like us, but get mm. some advice and get some support before you go down this process. Because if Absolutely. you look at it as being a gift horse and an easy win to remove somebody you think has previously been trouble, mm. it can backfire on you in a big way. So take great care. That's not the way to do disciplinaries. No, or to create negative publicity for your organisation. Absolutely. So I think we've gone over our 10 minutes slot, Kimberly. We're clearly far Absolutely. too excited by disciplinaries. <laughs> but so thanks everybody for watching if you find these useful do click on the follow button on the uh, youtube channel and you'll get notified when we're going live each week and we will look forward to seeing you again next week indeed goodbye see you soon thanks bye-bye